you are listening to Pharmacy IT and Me, your informatics pharmacist podcast. to another episode of Pharmacy IT and Me. And as with every episode, we start off this one stating that the intended audience is everybody. So today we'll be speaking with our special guest, Dr. David Vu, on what his role is in the pharmacy technology and informatics world. So thank you again so much for being uh, on the podcast, David. How are you doing today? Hey, Tony. You know, I'm a little bummed about this episode slot, actually. So it's actually a hard act to follow right after your previous episode with Maritza Liu. Oh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, she's an informatics guru and chair of the pharmacy informatics group at ASHP. So really talk about overshadowing over here. So it's just like if your viewers were just watching Spider-Man 1 and 2, and now they're watching Spider-Man 3, and we know how awful Spider-Man 3 was. <laughs> so, but yeah, in all seriousness, thanks for having me on the podcast. It really is an honor. And I actually really love your intro song because it reminds me of a 90s cyber hacking film or uh, Spy Kids 3. So, but yeah, thanks, Tony. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I try to get the intro music to be a little bit more on the kind of like remind people of the technical things. So re- yeah. remind people of computer things. So, oh, yeah. But uh, cool. yeah. So for our listeners, can you tell them a little bit more about yourself? Sure. So a little bit about myself. My name is David Vu. I recently graduated in May of 2018 from VCU School of Pharmacy in Virginia. And so when I graduated and I passed my boards, I got a job as a data analyst for KitCheck on their implementation team. And KitCheck is a health IT company that really focuses on automated medication management solutions. So essentially what we're trying to do is we're improving the pharmacy workflow and trying to automate tasks within hospital pharmacies and frees up the clinician's time to be able to do the clinical services and work more with the patients. So after a couple months of being a data analyst, I leveled up and I became a quality assurance engineer on their engineering team. And that's me in a nutshell. And I'm actually going to take a page from one of our colleagues, Richard Waite from uh, RX Radio, since he likes to put fun facts in his introductions. So fun fact about myself, I like to record and edit virtual reality videos and actually have my own company creating applications in VR. And a fun fact about KitCheck, our chief technology officer has actually worked for Microsoft in the past. And he's actually one of the founders of Xbox and formed the initial product vision and design. And he was a driving force behind Xbox Live. So it's really crazy to have him in a pharmacy technology setting and low-key fanboy, fanboying right now, especially uh, you, you might also, Tony. Oh, oh yeah. Like I'm uh, when you just yeah. said that, I was like, whoa, oh my gosh. And I'm just like, smiling again. <laughs> so yeah. that that's really cool. That's really cool to hear. Yeah, so actually, the place I work at right now, we use KitCheck in the sense of we use the KitCheck technology of RFIDs for our crash cards. So I know that that's one aspect of KitCheck. Can you talk about like some of the other initiatives that you're working on that's different than that side of the coin? Yeah, so we have two products. We have KitCheck, which uh, many of hospitals are familiar with. We have a newer product called BlueSight for controlled substances which is a management tool that really provides 100% coverage of controlled substance audits. And it works by aggregating information from EMRs and ADCs and other source systems. So really, the current methods of drug detection, it's a really manual process and really laborious. And so it requires shifting through large volumes of data to be able to find discrepancies. So what BlueSight does, it takes a very manual process and it examines large databases and applies machine learning algorithms to detect patterns and provider habits and surfaces any type of outliers for our end users to investigate. 
And so BlueSight is an application that I'm working on primarily. And I could certainly go through the particular duties within a blue site that I'm doing right now, if you want, or if, but it's up to you. So currently, you're a QA engineer. What kind of duties does the day-to-day QA engineer do at KitCheck? And I guess, how does your training as a pharmacist help with that? Yeah, so the main parts of my job is doing feature testing for uh, product and data analysis and working on implementations of our customer go-lives. So in my line of work, I touch on nearly every team within my company. So with my implementation team, I could be having customer-facing calls and answering their technical questions. With our production support team, I could be providing information on logic of new features and explain to them why it may appear in a certain way in our application. With our engineering team, I could be collaborating on new product features, writing new source code, or providing clinical context behind feature requests. And I could work with our product team on grooming new stories, uh, potential new features. And occasion, I could work with our sales team. So as a QA engineer, it's actually eerily similar to being a, a pharmacist, where traditionally pharmacists are able to identify problems in prescriptions and drug regimens, then they make recommendations to the physician. But instead, I am identifying problems in features and issues within the source code. And before, I would make recommendations to developers in terms of how to fix it. Now, since I'm bleeding over to the developer side, think of it as collaborative practice in a way where I have more autonomy and I'm making source code changes. So in terms of your question about how my pharmacist training bleeds into this type of role, I am the only pharmacist in our technical team. So I am the go-to for all the clinical questions or pharmacy workflow questions that they might have. Because I'm there and I'm highly accessible, I'm able to answer on the fly. And it really helps out understanding our product and how our product comes to be. And my training as a pharmacist really helps out the technical team to understand the context behind what we're working on. So I like how you said that you are accessible to them because, you know, pharmacists in the community are always known as the most accessible healthcare providers. And it's nice to see that you're continuing that kind of perception as a pharmacist on their team, where you are also still the most accessible person for, you know, clinical workflows and things like that. So that that's really cool. So So just to back up a little bit, I guess I have a question about what inspired you to get into the field of pharmacy informatics and technology? Because you're doing a lot of technology now. And I guess, was it something during your pharmacy school years that got you interested? Or was there some kind of trigger? Yeah, there was definitely a lot of triggers along the way. So when I graduated from my undergrad, uh, I graduated with a health science degree. I took a gap year and I worked as a pharmacy technician at a retail chain before applying to pharmacy school. So it was my first time really working in a pharmacy. And I learned a great deal about pharmacy workflow, about patient interactions and drugs themselves, and working under a corporation. So the work itself, it was really great, but it wasn't without its limitations. So when I work, I work lightning fast, fast and efficient, but accurate. So like, for example, whenever I type in a prednisone taper, it's like me playing StarCraft with how fast I'm typing. So my central focus is how do we make things faster, more efficient without compromising safety? And so when I was working in the retail environment, I noticed there was a lot of redundant tasks that was slowing down our workflow, and especially because of our pharmacy dispensing software. For example, we could be manually typing in flu shot prescriptions every time when we could actually be pre-populating the, that information. 
So it's a small nuisance, but it shaves off seconds and it can accumulate over time. So I asked the pharmacy management about this. And what I found was make changing people's minds uh, was difficult. What was more difficult is changing something of a large scale as in the corporate minds. So through this experience, I felt I wasn't in a position to really make those big changes. So it got me to start thinking about fields outside of retail. And another reason was the impact that I felt I was having. So I worked, I love working one-on-one with patients, but I felt I was impacting like exactly what it sounds like, impacting people one by one. When I wanted to impact patient health at a grander scale, at a grandiose scale. So I knew I didn't want to be in retail my entire life. I still wanted to be in healthcare and in pharmacy, but I didn't really know anything outside of community and the hospital. So I was at a crossroads exploring different career paths. And I was looking back on the things that I've liked before, such as engineering. So I took engineering classes because I like being creative, thinking methodically and problem solving, but I never really considered it as a career. So I was researching about different career paths. And I actually remember reading an article from HIMSS about a new field called pharmacy informatics, which really piqued my interest because I read about how pharmacists played a role in this field by leveraging technology and their clinical expertise. And uh, I read about how they had opportunities to work with pharmacy hardware, such as automated dispensing cabinets to improve healthcare operations or work with their software, such as implementing electronic health records. So all these things, I definitely felt it was my calling because not only would I affect one patient, but many downstream. And I also will be satisfied knowing that the work I would do would be there long term and I would have long lasting contributions to patient health care. Wow, that's really cool that that yeah. kind of triggered you. I want to kind of ask you more about what you just said about having a lasting impression on patient healthcare. So from my understanding, you're also part of a project called Open EMR. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, so Open EMR, right now I'm an Open EMR ambassador. Open EMR is a free open source electronic medical records. So you're actually able to download it from your laptop right now. And it is a software that's downloaded and installed in more than 15,000 facilities and serves more than 90 million patients worldwide. So right now, they're very solid in the inpatient world. Right now, I'm working with their project administrators on developing an inpatient module. And I provide insights from a medication use process perspective and the pharmacy perspective. And right now, we're laying down the infrastructure of how the inpatient module will look like breaking it down into drug databases, inpatients, CPOE, pharmacist verification to medication administration record. So all this, I'm very excited to be a part of and really make a difference in patients' lives across the world. That's really cool. So I guess uh, another question I have is you kind of went a non-traditional route to get into your field. So if there were students or maybe even other pharmacists who wanted to switch to working in informatics and technology, do you have any advice to them from like what you've learned and in getting into your current position? Sure. Actually, I have three tips for people. So my first tip would just be make yourself known where you are interested in informatics towards your leadership team, your management. If you're a pharmacy student, make it known to your professors your preceptor, they might be able to give you experiences or reach out to the people that work in informatics that you might be able to shadow. Or if you're able to get some uh, real practical experience in informatics, and they might be able to provide you projects to work on if you're very passionate in terms of informatics, 
just because thinking about professors and preceptors, they're always there to try to help you as much as possible. And it doesn't hurt to definitely ask if there are opportunities there. So my second tip would really start questioning everything that you do. To me, uh, I question, you know, could this be faster? Could this be better? Could this be more efficient? To be able to identify you know, inefficiencies and in workflows where you're able to potentially come up with a solution behind it and by leveraging technology in order to do so. My third tip in terms of technical skills, some of the things that I would feel would be very valuable for someone to learn and pick up is Microsoft Excel, Microsoft Access, and uh, SQL or SQL. And I know one of your previous podcast interviewees, Lucas, was mentioning that before. And I completely agree with him. Being able to work with large volumes of data is extremely beneficial just because right now data is power and you're able to do so much. We have so much data right now. It is what do we do with this? How do we organize it in a certain way where it's meaningful and we're able to make action items out of that? So working with Microsoft Excel or with SQL, you're able to leverage yourself as a clinician in the informatics world if you're able to uh, pick up these skill sets. And then I have two general tips for anyone else. It's not, it's irrespective towards informatics. So my tips are be a failure and to be a stalker. So that sounds really weird, but yeah, which makes you sound like a very spiteful ex, but in all seriousness. Yeah, please expand on that. In all seriousness, you know, you should, everyone should try to fail fast and fail often. So you're able to learn from your mistakes and be able to make changes. It just only improves you as a person, but being able to try to find different opportunities, uh, take risks and and you don't know the opportunities that you have unless you really try. So don't be afraid to fail. And second, my tip is to be a stalker. And I don't mean be a Facebook stalker, but a LinkedIn stalker. So there are a lot of people that have interesting careers that you might want. So I would go and look into people's LinkedIn. And once you find an interesting job, and it's something, it's a career that you might look into, I would recommend to backtrack on terms of how they got there and kind of copy the things that they've done in their career. Because it's also good to have perspective of where they were also, because there's a lot of people that enter in informatics with a PGI-1, a PGI-2 in informatics. There are other pharmacists that were staff pharmacists for years, and they just knew how to fix a printer and naturally, naturally transitioned. Or others may have gotten a job just right out of pharmacy school. So when I was in pharmacy school, I was looking for people that have just immediately graduated pharmacy school and landed an informatics position. And I would look in terms of how they got to that position, what are the unique things that they've done to really stand out during that point of time. And you could take an extra step by really reaching out to them and sending a genuine introduction and trying to schedule a chat. And some people are going to ignore you and you're going to have a scene icon in your message thread that would haunt you, but that would go away. But there's others that would definitely go out of their way, like myself and many other informaticists that would help you out in terms of flourishing your informatics career path. Wow, that's really good advice. And before we before we go, I also wanted to check if there's any like projects that you wanted to talk about. Sure. One other project that I'm working on is a VR project. So right now we're cl- creating a clinical application to help children with autism assimilate to new healthcare environments by utilizing virtual reality. So one of the characteristics of autism is difficulty with sensory sensitivities. 
And so there are a lot of different social environmental triggers that causes sensory overload, which leads to stress and anxiety. So with our application, essentially you're able to see the exact provider and the facility that you're going to. And the goal is to reduce anxiety and improve not only their experience, but their parents and the providers also. And I'm glad to say that we are developing a study and we just got IRB approval and are researching on true patient outcomes with, uh, with this. So it sounds really interesting. It's very far-fetched from pharmacy, and I completely understand that. But yeah, and I could uh, certainly elaborate a little bit more in terms of how I got there and why I've been working on this. I got into the VR because of one of my professors, actually my pharmacogenomics professor. During one of his lectures, he was mentioning about his daughter who has autism. And one of the most difficult things to do is to take her to a, a healthcare visit. So like a dentist's office, a, a physician's visit. And I was at a hackathon, which is a, a weekend challenge where you're given a problem and you're able to develop a prototype behind it. And so one of the problems that we had was how do we use virtual reality or augmented reality to improve a patient's healthcare experience and make it more comfortable? And luckily, my professor, that pharmacogenomics professor, was there at the same time. And he so happens to work with virtual reality at his, in his job also, which is uh, another story. Through this hackathon, we were able to create a prototype of this application. And we felt like this sort of thing does not exist anywhere else. And it could be extremely beneficial toward the children of autism if they're able to use this application and get them to their healthcare visit all before going and getting them acclimated to that healthcare environment so they might not have the anxiety that they would have during their actual visit. All right, thank you for uh, talking about that project. I was also wondering if people wanted to reach you and then they had like more questions about you know your career path or things that you're working on. Is there a way that they can reach you? Sure, people could reach me at my email VUD at vcu.edu or my LinkedIn. Both would appear in the show notes. So feel free to reach out. I normally respond in less than an hour and I'm always happy to help. And if anyone who's interested that is a pharmacist, pharmacy student or technician, they are able to join the pharmacist Slack group. Essentially, this is a social media platform. Think of it as LinkedIn meets Facebook Messenger, where you're able to network, explore different areas within pharmacy, and collaborate with other pharmacy professionals. And that's how, actually how Tony and I got connected. So everyone is welcome to join and there's nothing to lose. You're just able to make great connections that you wouldn't otherwise. Yeah. And I'll also be putting that in the show notes. It's funny because I was actually going to mention that, that that's how we got connected. So, so yeah, it is a great networking opportunity, networking space. So yeah, you guys, you guys just need to go onto the website and so that you know, it is a vetted space. So there is someone that's going to be verifying the license. So you know that everyone in that group is a pharmacist or pharmacy student. So it, it is a good opportunity for kind of getting to know the right people and seeing like what else is out there. Is there anything else you'd like to add? No, uh, thanks so much, Tony, for having me on the show. All right. Yeah, of course. So I'll be putting your contact info in the show notes, like you said, to be respectful of your time. I'd like to thank you again for taking some time out of your busy day to be on the show. Yeah, thanks, Tony. Have a good day. Yeah, you too. All right. If you guys like this episode, you guys can subscribe and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or any of your other favorite podcasting services. You can also follow us on social media through Twitter or Facebook at PharmacyITME or Instagram at PharmacyInformatics or email at PharmacyITME at gmail.com. And you guys can also follow me on my personal Twitter account at TonyDowPharmD. But until next time, remember, technology is a tool. Patient care is the goal. (laughs) 